Hi. This is Book 3, Episode 13 of Puritans Read, where we read great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Continuing today, The Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson. Chapter 4, Showing the Characteristics of a Godly Man. And Section 12, The Uses. Use 1. Is a godly man of a praying spirit? Then this excludes from being godly, number one, those who do not pray at all. Their houses are unhallowed houses. It is made the note of a reprobate that he calls not upon God, Psalm 14, 4. Does that poor creature who never asks for alms think that he will get any? Do those who never seek mercy from God think that they will receive it? Truly, then God should befriend them more than he did his own son. He offered up prayers and supplications with strong cries. Hebrews 5, 7 None of God's children are tongue-tied. Because you are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 6 Creatures, by the instinct of nature, cry to God. The young ravens which cry. Psalm 147, 9. The lions seek their meat from God. Psalm 104, 21. Not to cry to God is worse than brutish. Number two. Others pray, but it is seldom. Like that profane atheist of whom Halen speaks who told God that he was no common beggar. He had never troubled him before, and if he would hear him now, he would never trouble him again. Number three. Others pray, but not in the Holy Ghost. Jude 20. They are more like parrots than weeping doves. Their hearts do not melt in prayer. They exercise their inventiveness more than their affection. Use two. As you would prove the new birth, cry, Abba, Father. Be men of prayer. Pray at least twice a day. In the temple, there was the morning and evening sacrifice. Daniel prayed three times a day. No, he so loved prayer that he would not neglect prayer to save his life. Daniel six ten. Luther spent three hours every day in prayer. Objection. But what need is there of prayer when God has made so many promises of blessings? Answer. Prayer is the condition annexed to the promise. Promises turn upon the hinge of prayer. I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel. Ezekiel 36, 37. A king promises a pardon, but it must be sued for. David had a promise that God would build him a house, but he sues for the promise by prayer. 2 Samuel 7.25 Christ himself had all the promises made sure to him, yet he prayed and spent whole nights in prayer. Therefore, if you would be counted godly, be given to prayer. Prayer sanctifies your mercies. 1 Timothy 4.5 Prayer weeds out sin and water's grace. 
that I may encourage Christians and hold up their heads in prayer as Aaron and Hur held up Moses' hands, Exodus 17:12. Let me propound these few considerations. Number one, prayer is a seed sown in God's ear. Other seed sown in the ground may be picked up by the birds, but this seed, especially if watered with tears, is too precious to lose. Number two, consider the power of prayer. The apostle, having set out the whole armor of a Christian, brings in prayer as the chief part. Ephesians 6, 18. Without this, says Zanchius, all the rest are of little value. By prayer, Moses divided the Red Sea. Joshua stopped the course of the sun and made it stand still. Joshua 10, 13. No, prayer made the Son of Righteousness stand still. And Jesus stood still. Luke 18, 40. Prayer is the entrance to all blessings, spiritual and temporal. When Aurelius Antonius went against the Germans, he had in his army a regiment of Christians, who upon their earnest prayer obtained rain for the refreshment of his army. And because of the power of their prayers, he called them the Thundering Regiment. Prayer has a power in it to destroy the insolent enemies of the church. We read that the two witnesses have a flame on their lips. Fire proceeds out of their mouths, which devours their enemies. Revelation 11, 3 and 5. This fire is certainly to be interpreted of their prayers. David prayed, Lord, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. 2 Samuel 15, 31. This prayer made Ahithophel hang himself. Moses' prayer against Amalek did more than Joshua's sword. Prayer has a kind of omnipotency in it. It has raised the dead, overcome angels, cast out devils. It has influence upon God himself. Exodus 32, 10. Jacob's prayer held God. I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Genesis 32, 26. Prayer finds God free, but leaves him bound. Number three. Jesus Christ prays over our prayers again. He takes the dross out and presents nothing but pure gold to his Father. Christ mingles his sweet odors with the prayers of the saints. Revelation 5, 8. Think of the dignity of his person. He is God. And the sweetness of his relationship. He is a son. Oh, then, what encouragement there is here for us to pray. Our prayers are put in the hands of a mediator. Though, as they come from us, they are weak and imperfect. Yet as they come from Christ, they are mighty and powerful. Number four, the sweet promises which God has made to prayer. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. Isaiah 30, 19. Then shall you go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13. And before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, 
I will hear. Isaiah 65:24. These promises keep the head of prayer above water. God is bound with his own promises, as Samson was bound with his own hair. Let us then close ranks, and with our Savior pray yet more earnestly. Luke 22:44. Let us be importunate suitors, and resolve with St. Bernard that we will not come away from God without God. Prayer is a bomb which will make heaven's gates fly open. Question. How shall we go about praying aright? Answer. Implore the Spirit of God, praying in the Holy Ghost, Jude 20. The Holy Ghost both indicts prayer and inflames it. God understands no other language but that of his Spirit. Pray for the Holy Ghost that you may pray in the Holy Ghost. Section 13. A godly man is a sincere man. Behold an Israelite indeed, in whose spirit there is no guile. John 1, 47. The word for sincere, hapless, signifies without pleats and folds. A godly man is plain-hearted, having no subtle subterfuges. Religion is the livery a godly man wears, and his livery is lined with sincerity. Question. In what does the godly man's sincerity appear? Answer 1. The godly man is what he seems to be. He is a Jew inwardly, Romans 2.29. Grace runs through his heart as silver through the veins of the earth. The hypocrite is not what he seems. A picture is like a man, but it lacks breath. The hypocrite is an effigy, a picture. He does not breathe forth sanctity. He is only like an angel on a signpost. A godly man answers to his profession as the transcript to the original. Answer 2. The godly man strives to approve himself to God in everything. We labor that, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. 2 Corinthians 5, 9. It is better to have God approve than the world applaud. Those who ran in the Olympic race strove to have the approval of the judge and umpire of the race. There is a time coming shortly when a smile from God's face will be infinitely better than all the applause of men. How sweet that word will be. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Matthew twenty-five twenty-one. A godly man is ambitious of God's testimonial letters. The hypocrite desires the praise of men. Saul was for the approval of the people. 1 Samuel 15:30. A godly man approves his heart to God, who is both the spectator and the judge. Answer 3. The godly man is ingenuous in laying open his sins. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. Psalm 32, 5. 
The hypocrite veils and smothers his sin. He does not cut off his sin, but conceals it, like a patient that has some loathsome disease in his body. He will rather die than confess his disease. But a godly man's sincerity is seen in this. He will confess and shame himself for sin. Lo, I have sinned and I have done wickedly. 2 Samuel 24, 17. No, a child of God will confess sin in particular. An unsound Christian will confess sin wholesale. He will acknowledge he is a sinner in general. Whereas David does, as it were, point with his finger to the sore. I have done this evil. Psalm 51, 4. He does not say, I have done evil, but this evil. He points at his blood guiltiness. Answer 4. The godly man has blessed designs in all he does. He propounds this objective in every ordinance, that he may have more acquaintance with God and bring more glory to God. As the herb, heliotropium, turns about according to the motion of the sun, so a godly man's actions all move towards the glory of God. It is an axiom in philosophy. The means are in order to the end. A godly man's praying and worshiping is so that he may honor God. Though he shoots short, yet he takes correct aim. The hypocrite thinks of nothing but self-interest. The sails of his mill move only when the wind of promotion blows. He never dives into the waters of the sanctuary, except to fetch up a piece of gold from the bottom. Answer 5. The godly man abhors dissimulation with men. His heart goes along with his tongue. He cannot flatter and hate, commend and censure. Psalm 28, 3. Let love be without dissimulation. Romans 12, 9. Dissembled love is worse than hatred. Counterfeiting of friendship is no better than a lie. Psalm 78, 36. For there is a pretense of that which is not. Many are like Joab. He took Amasa by the beard to kiss him and smote him with his sword in the fifth rib, and he died. 2 Samuel 20, 9 and 10. Horrible poisons lie hidden under sweet honey. There is a river in Spain where the fish seem to be of a golden color, but take them out of the water and they are like other fish. All is not gold that glitters. There are some who pretend much kindness, but they are like great veins which have little blood. If you lean upon them, they are like a leg out of joint. For my part, I seriously question a man's sincerity with God if he flatters and lies to his friend. He that hideth hatred with lying lips is a fool. Proverbs 10:18. By all that has been said, we may test whether we have this mark of a godly man, being sincere. Sincerity, as I conceive it, is not strictly a grace, but rather the ingredient in every grace. Sincerity is that which qualifies grace, 
and without which grace is not true. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Ephesians 6, 24. Sincerity qualifies our love. Sincerity is to grace what the blood and spirits are to the body. There can be no life without the blood, so no grace without sincerity. This has been Book 3, Episode 13 of Puritans Read. We read The Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson, Chapter 4, and the uses in Section 12, followed by the first part of Section 13.